Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Yeah, we're back, back, back. And thank you for listening to Computer and Technology Radio. This is Marsha Collier. Mark Cohen's on vacation, so it's just us and my guest, Dan Gookin. Uh, Dan, before we get into some of the serious stuff, I always love to mention websites because I'm always trolling the web. I think I live on the web. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't read supermarket tabloids because I, you know, I don't like spending money for that kind of thing. But I do visit websites like the Defamer, um, the AOL website, you know, that has all kinds of gossip. And, you know, they're, they're all out there. You can find pictures of anything on the Internet. Uh, I found a new gossip website that I just adore because I'm a fan. I was born in New York, love New York. It's called cityfile.com. And it lists profiles. Well, how do you spell file? C I T Y F I L E dot com. So it's not P Y. No, no, it's actually City File, as in the file of the city of New York. Cityfile dot com. Uh, I learned which failed presidential candidate, uh, hopeful rather, from New York once married a second cousin, and who married the same person twice, which New Yorker gave his girlfriend a $1 million Rolls Royce for a birthday gift, and which top literary agent drove a cab. All that and other gossip brought up to date continually uh, and has the profiles of over 2,000 New Yorkers. <laughs> right there on the site, you can even see a map and see what their front door looks like. Interestingly enough, in the beginning, people were thinking, eh, you know, this is a privacy issue, but now... Society wannabes want to be on the list, and that they think this is the way they can be taken seriously. So, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's kind of like the Zagat Guide to a city, where a Zagat Guide gives you restaurant, clubs, and bars. On City File, you get to see what people are on the site. Yeah, what, we, you know, we who's, who's the really cool guys or cool gals? You know, you go through the yearbook and you'd write slut, at least certain girls' pictures, you know. Well, interesting, the most viewed profiles right now are Vogue editor Anna Wintour, businessman Aviv Nevo, socialite Tinsley Mortimer, and my personal favorite, Fox News host Shepard Smith. I mean, I was just all over his profile. <laughs> Love to know about that. So if you want the gossip from New York, you go to cityfile.com. And anybody who was curious, the New Yorker who married his second cousin, that was former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Playwright Neil Simon married the same person twice. And rapper Jay-Z gave Beyonce, then his girlfriend and now his wife, a $1 million roll, 1959 Rolls Royce for her 25th birthday. And the top uh, New York literary agent, Andrew the Jackal Wiley, once drove a cab. So you can learn all that and more at cityfile.com. The other website that I've kind of been looking at because of the Olympics, NBCOlympics.com. NBC has gotten really serious about this website. They paid $900 million for the broadcast rights. So they are going to milk every ounce out of that $9 million. Um, nearly 25 people have visited the NBCOlympics.com website, viewing 456 million pages and watching close to 22 million video clips. Did you say 25 people huge. or 25 million people? 25 million people, okay. sorry. Um, obviously, next week it could change back, you know, because no more Olympics. 
but they're currently offering 2,200 hours of live event competition from 25 different sports compared to just two hours of live footage they had, what, last winter games. They were in Torino, I think. So, I mean, TV is coming to the Internet. People are actually watching TV on their laptops. Now, I, I mean, I've done that, and, and I get that hot spot on my lap from, from, excuse me, they're called notebook computers now. So I'm not a huge fan, but I am learning to like it. And as technology changes, we all get to change just a little bit. So, yeah, I have caught up on TV shows on NBC.com where you can see a whole lot of your favorite TV shows. And I think with this insight into the Internet, you're going to see a whole lot of regular brick-and-mortar companies coming to the Internet and duplicating their media. So those are my two favorite websites, NBCOlympics.com and CityFile.com this week. Um, we were talking earlier about using Windows ReadyBoost to supplement computer memory, but there are a lot of things that people do or don't do when maintaining their computer. It seems like people buy a computer, turn it on the first time, and then keep running until it chugs about as slow as a snail in my backyard. So, Dan, what can people do to speed up their computers? Um. Well, the, the first thing you, you want to do with your computer is regular maintenance. You know, and what like, would that be? I, I don't know from regular maintenance. Well, it, Vista pretty much does its own maintenance automatically, so you're not going to have as many maintenance issues in Vista um, because it will. Really? What does it do by itself? Well, it routinely defrags the hard drive and it routinely checks it for errors. Um, you know, providing that you leave the system on long enough that it's going to happen. You know, if you leave the system on 24 hours a day, which is what I recommend. Now, tell me why you recommend that. I want to hear about that. Do you put it, it let it go to sleep mode? Is that it? Yeah, I let it go to sleep. But um, the the I st- I started doing leaving the computers on all the time, and I, I recently wrote about this, and I was trying to think of when I made the transition because I used to I, I was looking at some of my old material, and I say, hey, I turned the computer on twenty thirty times a day, but that was back when you would turn on the computer and bang, there it was. You could sit down and start using it. You know, it was it was up. Uh, oh, you didn't have that. Uh, Four-minute boot up? No, and uh, when the when the four-minute boot up happened, which was actually you know a long time ago, it's not a recent development. I mean, it took a long time to start, like DOS four, and so I would just get in the habit of leaving the computers on all the time. And if you do that, if you leave a Vista computer on all the time, it will automatically fix itself. Every so often, the task scheduler is going to run some disk utilities. That's not going to happen in Windows XP. Maybe. I don't know. It depends. If you've installed a third-party disk management or tool, it might happen. But the biggest thing you can do is to increase your speed is defragment the hard drive, which I don't want to get technical on why it's necessary. but it Get will technical, Dan. Get technical. Well, you're, you're, uh, the files stored on your uh, computer's hard drive are fragmented. They're stored in tiny pieces for efficiency's sake. And that means that it takes longer for the computer to load the file because it's got to go out and find and pick up all the little pieces. So what defragmenting does, and there's nothing wrong with it other than it slows things down. When you defragment, you're taking all the little pieces and you're putting them together contiguously. And that needs to be done every so often because even if you don't create any files on your computer, Windows itself is constantly creating files. You go on the Internet, things are being created and downloaded. So you have to do that to clean it up. That regular maintenance is a, is a routine part of, of using any computer. It's the biggest thing people neglect. But for speeding up your computer, the number one culprit is going to be spyware. 
and I highly recommend that everyone using Windows get a spyware utility. I do not recommend that you download one. You go to the store, you buy one, and you use that because when you download them, odds are what you're downloading is, in fact, spyware itself and will only make the situation worse. Dan, so, interestingly, I yeah. wanted to let you know, you might not know about it, and some of our listeners do know, I use a product called the Yogi Pico. It's It inserts into one of the USB drives, and it looks very much like a flash drive. It's no bigger than a flash drive, and it's it's actually a mini computer all by itself. It runs on Linux, <laughs> and it routes all my Internet traffic through the Yogi, and it filters everything. It's got military protection for your computer, and once you put that Yogi on and you've hooked it up properly, you can be fearless pretty much on the Internet. So, you know, because I don't like to think of it, and I don't want to, again, use up my system resources with all kinds of software constantly running, because the Yogi, Yogi has it, that's Y-O-G-G-I-E, has its own processor. It does it all. Granted, the thing gets a little hot, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it works, and I feel very safe on the Internet. Good. But I wanted to ask you one question. Um, if you leave your computer on for 24 hours, does it get hot? Do the hard drives keep spinning? Uh, what technically happens if you just leave it on? Are there some sort of settings that you have to set on your computer? No, you just don't turn it off. I mean, uh, by default, uh, most computers, most PCs are, are configured under Windows to, uh, to fall asleep after about three hours of inactivity. Or sometimes, you know, it really depends on how the manufacturer set it up. So if you just take your computer out of the box, especially a laptop, for example, it will go into a low power state after a period of inactivity where, like you mentioned earlier in the show, it'll use only a few watts of energy as opposed to the full wattage. So that's generally what happens. That when I leave the computers on is they will go into that low power state. And um, even in, you know, in Windows Vista, for example, or on a Macintosh, you can even schedule the computer to turn itself off. So okay. you can schedule your computer so that you know, uh, it'll automatically turn itself off at 8 o'clock at night but you can schedule it so that it will then turn itself back on at, say, 1 in the morning and run a bunch of utilities, do a backup, download updates, do whatever it's supposed to do, and then turn itself off again at 4 o'clock in the morning. So this is all, I mean, this, and this is computer science here. This is stuff that people are unaware of unless, of course, they go out and buy a book that tells them all these things. Or they listen to computer and technology radio and or get to hear it to from the radio you. Show because <laughs> this, this is what your computer, you don't have to leave it on all the time. But the, the reason I do is so that these utilities, these speed-up utilities, these maintenance utilities get run, and they don't run in the middle of me doing something. I, I remember it was so funny. I was playing an online game the other day with someone, and all of a sudden the guy just curses up a storm, you know, in the headsets. And he's like, oh, no, my computer's going into maintenance mode. And, you know, he, he couldn't play because the <laughs> computer's spending all this time backing up and fixing things and everything. And I'm like... Well, why did you schedule it to do it now? And you know, it's because well, it was you know it was early in the morning, and that was when it was supposed to do it. So you know, knowing about these things, scheduling them, it's all just basic computer stuff that that a typical user who opens up the box and doesn't care is not going to find out about. Now, how about Hibernate mode? I, hibernate mode is pretty cool. Windows XP has the Hibernate mode, which is where all the stuff in memory is saved off to disk, you turn off the computer, when you turn it on, it's going to come on a lot faster. Now, I do use hibernate mode a lot, especially on the laptops. In Windows Vista, they changed it, 
And they created something called hybrid sleep, which just frustrates people to no end because they don't know what hybrid sleep is. And even myself, it took me a long time to figure out what the heck is Microsoft doing. Hybrid sleep basically does everything that hibernate mode does. It saves all your information to disk, but then it puts the computer to sleep. And the idea is that if anything happens to the computer and, say, um, you know, it becomes unplugged or on your laptop the battery runs out, then all that information saved to disk is used so that when it starts, the computer's starting up just like it started from hibernate mode, and everything loads a lot faster. But because it's really just in sleep mode, if you do just wake it up, it'll come back up just like out of sleep mode. So it doesn't, it's, it's, you've you got to be careful, especially with a laptop. If you use hybrid sleep mode and you shut the lid, the computer's not turned off. It's still in sleep mode, which means, let's happen to me once, if you put it in your bag and you walk around for three hours and then you take it out thinking that it was hibernating, it You got no juice left. And you have no juice. <laughs> you're screwed. So you've got to be really careful. I wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would have still had hibernate mode, which you can still resurrect in Windows Vista. But they don't. They just have this, this hybrid sleep thing, and, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But that is one solution, of course, if you don't want to be wasting energy all the time. Well, Dan, hopefully, I mean, we're broadcasting live in the Bay Area on KTRB, so hopefully somebody is out there, one of those techies, is going to help find a way to help us with this problem. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah, I always hibernate my laptop because I just don't want to go through that giant boot up. So we're going, to be, we're going to be back after the break with Dan Gookin. I'm Marsha Collier on Computer and Technology Radio. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you, what are the top questions that you get when your readers write to you? This is Marsha Collier along with Dan Gookin on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. To be successful selling on eBay or anywhere online, you must find the products at wholesale prices through dependable suppliers. You need OneStopProductSourcing.com. Created by the product sourcing editor for eBay Radio, Worldwide Brand CEO Chris Malta, OneStopProductSourcing.com is complete with the tools and information you need. You'll save time because Worldwide Brands checks out thousands of wholesalers willing to work with eBay and online sellers. This new site offers an online directory for millions of products from dependable wholesalers. From drop shippers to light bulk wholesalers, the directory is constantly updated. OneStopProductSourcing.com is the world's largest database for e-commerce wholesalers. Check out the free preview at OneStopProductSourcing.com. That's OneStopProductSourcing.com. They've already done the work for you. Introducing NoMoreWebmasters.com. That's right. No middleman, no expensive fees to pay. You build your own website choosing from over a 100 templates, even if you have never built a website in your life. At NoMoreWebmasters.com, it's easy. Reserve your own domain name for only $7.85 for one year. If you want NoMoreWebmasters.com to host your site, hosting for a basic five-page website is only $4.95 a month. Advanced e-commerce sites are available as well. NoMoreWebmasters.com can help you do it all yourself with simple point-and-click directions. No programs to learn or download. It's fun and easy. For business or for pleasure, your own website hosted for just $4.95 a month. 
and a domain name for $7.85 a year. The name says it all, nomorewebmasters.com. Log on now to choose your own domain name, nomorewebmasters.com, your one-stop shopping on the Internet place. We are AbundantEarthOnly.com, a website offering thousands of natural, organic, health and wellness-oriented products. Our unique selection of environmentally sensitive and earth-friendly products are for those who wish to make a difference in the world. And because we believe in the universal oneness, we donate a portion of our profits toward worthy causes. We know you'll like our growing list of thousands of the finest earth-friendly products available. We also insist that you are fully satisfied with the quality of all your product purchases. If for any reason you are unsatisfied, simply return the new and unused product within 30 days of purchase for a full refund or credit, whichever you prefer. That's AbundantEarthOnly.com AbundantEarthOnly.com Changing the galaxy one planet at a time. Well, the war is over, and just as I thought, Blu-ray is the winner. So what does that mean to you? Well, it means high-quality audio and video for your computer and your big-screen TV. Thanks to a new partnership between Philips and Lighton, or PLDS as I like to call them, because the world doesn't have enough acronyms, gives them access to hundreds of Blu-ray patents. Lighton has a long reputation for high-quality optical drives. PLDS products offer the highest quality at the most affordable prices. Blu-ray products are designed to give users the flexibility to burn Blu-ray discs and watch Blu-ray movies directly from your PC. PLDS has a great lineup of Blu-ray products to satisfy most consumer needs, including a new 4x BD internal writer and an internal and external BD-ROM for easy playback of your favorite movies. To learn more about Philips and Lighton Digital Solutions and the new Blu-ray disc format, visit them at www.lightonamericas.com. You and Navy Mutual Aid Association. We've been through a lot together since 1879. In those days, they spoke a little more formally. But our mission statement remains the same. Our mission is to aid our members and their dependents or beneficiaries by providing with certainty and promptness a substantial sum for their relief with insurance plans at as near the actual net cost as possible. In other words, we offer low-cost, high-quality insurance so that your family will be taken care of. We do have a lot more choices now. And there's our website, of course, NavyMutual.org. There, coverage is available to you and your family with no military or travel restrictions. NavyMutual.org. Obtain a quote, apply for the insurance, or fill out the forms. Or you can reach us at 800-628-6012 to speak with us in person. Navy Mutual, serving you since 1879. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. Log on, listen, and learn. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Well, this is Marsha Collier, and we are live, as we always are, every Saturday for Computer and Technology Radio from noon to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And, of course, you can always listen to the archives anytime you want on ComputerandTechnologyRadio.com or pick it up on iTunes. You can subscribe to it 
or you can put it on your My Yahoo page, or you can check it out at markandmarsha.com. I'm so glad you're all here with us today because I have my special guest. I have Dan Gookin here with me because Mark's on vacation, and Dan, you just... You have all the answers. I, I love talking to you. Thank you. So I w- asked you in the last segment, you must get questions from your readers. Aside from the ones, you know, that think they can put a coffee cup in their CD drive. Uh-huh. <laughs> they think that that's a holder. Um, what are the most burning questions that you get from your readers? Now, d- let me just say, Dan is the author of PCs for Dummies. He's doing work on Windows Vista, Windows XP. He is the authority one of the highest published tech authors in the world. Uh, okay, Dan, so the questions? Blah, blah, blah. Actually, the, the number one question I do get most often is, you know, I wrote a book on C programming. And so, <laughs> and, and in the book, it's about programming. And part of programming involves software setup, installing a compiler on your computer. And that's probably the number one issue people have is, is setting up the compiler software to use because... When, when you have a, a real technical piece of software like a compiler, it's the assumption of the developer that the people who are installing it know a bit about their computer. And so if there's a problem, they typically, the person installing it, will, will deal with it. But I deal with beginners, and they don't have, they don't understand a lot of things. So I do a lot of hand-holding on, on that. So that, that was the number one. But otherwise, the, the, number, the other question is, my computer's slow. Why is my computer slow? People want to know that. Um, people lose files. They lose things. Where did the icon go? Where did the taskbar go? I mean, it's, it's all these kind of things. Um, people who use Word, though, it's it different, though. It, PCs for Dummies is a general hardware reference, so I get general questions. But I also wrote Word for Dummies. So when people will write me with word processing questions, and those I really enjoy because they're, they're very specific. I mean, I'm not telling someone. Someone doesn't say, I pressed the backspace key and nothing happened. You know, it's yeah. always like, you know, when do I use an M dash? You know, and, and I know I, you're you're real big, and so am I on M dashes and N dashes. And so, you know, and, and I can answer that question. Or someone says, "How do I format this paragraph?" Or, you know, what? Wait, wait, get I, back, get back, get back, and tell people what an M dash is. Well, uh, no, I want them to buy my book. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and an M dash and M dash. You know, there's the hyphen on the keyboard. There's the the minus key. There's actually two of them. Right. One on the numeric keypad. Well, that's just a hyphen. If you if you want to use you know be a typesetter, which is what word processing forces you to do, you have to use other types of dashes. A little longer dash is an n dash, which is about the same width as the letter n in a proportional space font. So the width varies depending on the size of the n. You would use an n dash uh, to specify a range. So if you have some dates like you know 1970 to 1984. You would use an N dash specifically. You know that's what they want you to do in typesetting. If you, you know, if you ever want to separate something as an aside, like a clause, then normally when we type, we'll use two two hyphens. We'll just type hyphen hyphen, and then you'll separate something as a clause, like a parenthetical or a comment or something. Well, that's okay, Dan. M-dash. Dan, wait a minute. I want to ask you. I mean, let's not beat M dashes to death here. One thing, since you are the expert and you do Office as well, I assume. Do you oh, use do you, do you ever use Outlook for your email? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I like myself. <laughs> what do you use for your email? Uh, uh, the, the, one, the mail program on the Macintosh. Okay, so you're just writing about PCs, but you use Macintosh. That's great. Absolutely. Because one of, the, one of the programs that I always worry about is Microsoft Outlook. I know there are some people who like to empty 
Well, I use Windows Mail on the on the PC. You know, my laptop is Windows Mail, but I don't. I, Outlook is just Outlook. Just Outlook. Get it? It, it frustrates me. <laughs> It frustrates a lot of people, and I've got so much stuff, I'm just waiting for the day that it's going to blow up. Dan, I want to thank you. I hired an expert in Outlook to write the Outlook chapter for me. Actually, she did the draft, and then I went ahead and fixed it up because I'm like, I don't want to get into this. (laughs) Dan, I so want to thank you for being with me today on Computer and Technology Radio. We're here every Saturday. And Mark will be back next week, so please, please join us. We'll have all your answers for computers and technology. Love for you to call in. Don't forget, listen to us on computerandtechnology.com or on iTunes. This is Marsha Collier. Goodbye. Thank you very much for spending the time with me, and have some blue skies today. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. The team at eBay Radio focuses on helping you make the most of your sales on eBay. In fact, that's what the show is all about. We sell on eBay ourselves, so we understand your interest level in seeking out the very best and latest information to help you sell on eBay. To that end, we have recently brought together 10 of the top sellers on eBay. We ask each of them to give us five of their best-selling tips based on their years of experience. We're pleased to announce that all 50 tips are now available to listen to for free and on-demand 24-7 at 50sellingtips.com. That's 50sellingtips.com. We wanted to learn from the best, and these experts collectively have over 100 years of selling experience on eBay. It's a gift from our eBay radio team to you, and it's free for the listening. So take your eBay selling to the next level. Learn from the experts who've been there, done that. 50sellingtips.com Information, news, and entertainment on demand. Log on, listen, and learn. 